Welcome to part three of the Super Tuesday preview podcast here on Rumble with Michael Moore. I am Michael Moore, and things are getting weirder and weirder. By the time you're hearing this, uh, it will be less than 24 hours from the time that the first polls open on Super uh, Tuesday in the Eastern Time Zone in Maine and Vermont and Massachusetts. Um, and uh, Virginia. I think those are the Eastern Time Zone states. That's all happening Tuesday, tomorrow. And just as we are sitting here not knowing exactly what will become of this coronavirus, uh, we don't really know what's going to happen, not just tomorrow, but what's going to happen today. Pete... Buttigieg. Wow. Okay, here's my first thought. There are 16 primaries tomorrow. 14 states plus American Samoa and Democrats abroad. And I think, I think virtually all of these primaries, there has been early voting with the exception of, I believe, Virginia. Pete Buttigieg drops out last night. Less than 36 hours away from the polls opening. He drops out. Now, I'm going to tell you what I've heard and what my guess is. Uh, It's not just as simple as him dropping out. Something happened here to um, convince him to pull away hours before. I mean, he was going to do at least okay. And maybe even better than okay in a few of these states. So why wouldn't you just kind of see it through, see what happens? You've already spent the money on the TV and your campaign offices. It's not like it's, you're not going to save any money. Here's what I want to say about this. This is what's so diabolical about this decision that he made last night. People have already voted for him. Hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions in these 16 primaries through all the early voting over the last month. What about them? What about all of you right now who are listening to this? You already sent your ballot in. You already voted for Pete Buttigieg. And now he's dropped out a day and a half before Super Tuesday. And you, Buttigieg voters, don't get to go vote again. You don't. Your voice has been eliminated from this election. How does that feel? I just want to remind you, I don't care which party you belong to, whether it's your Democratic or Republican or whatever an independent is these days. Um, when a politician pulls a stunt like this, and if he's been thinking about it for the last days or even week or weeks, you had a right to know that before you voted for him before you sent your ballot in. 
Now your vote has been stripped from you by whatever, by whatever ruse is in, is in the middle of taking place right now. When I say ruse, I mean, I don't think it's just as simple as him going, oh, gee, golly shucks. Um, you know, I just, just thought it was time to suspend my campaign. Why? Why? For another 24 hours? Why? Money's been spent. All the door-to-door has been done this weekend. You've got the staff. Why? I'll tell you why. Because he he wants to make sure that um, he can do whatever whatever is possible for him to do, he's going to do it to try to make sure that Bernie Sanders is not the party's nominee. And so by pulling out right now, he is, I guess in his mind, thinking that he's going to help Biden or, well, I don't know who else there is to help. I guess Bloomberg, possibly. Bloomberg is still polling at number two or three in a number of these states. But to make sure that a centrist, a, a, a rightward-leaning Democrat becomes our nominee, which is our absolute guaranteed recipe to be clobbered by Donald Trump in November. Yeah, after we've after we after we put up a centrist last time, let's 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 do that again. Let's have Bill and Hillary and their cadre of folks who are right now behind Biden. And from what I understand, what I've learned is that another at least ten billionaires over the weekend have gotten 10 more billionaires have gotten behind Biden. It's, he's pushing close to 60 billionaires that are supporting his campaign either because they've seen now that Bloomberg isn't going to make it um, and Buttigieg isn't going to make it. So I guess I, I want to know, Pete, what deal did you cut? What's the backroom deal? You were this new fresh face. Well, you're a millennial. Yeah, you're not like the politics of old. It's the politics of new what's the deal that got cut with Biden? With the conservative wing of the Democratic Party to to drop out 36 hours before the vote. My, my friends, you know, you know this isn't just what it seems like it is. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm not suggesting, you know, there's no conspiracy going on here. It's just politics. This is what always happens. This is not a new move. It's just that in an era of uh, transparency, in the digital era that we live in, where we know a lot more and learn a lot more about what's going on behind the scenes than we ever did before, uh, we need to know what happened here. Because, uh, and it's too bad he just doesn't, you know, can't come out. Maybe he will. Maybe, maybe as I'm recording this in the early, um, morning hours here of uh, Monday, the day before Super Tuesday. Maybe that's what's going to happen today. You know, maybe that is what is going to happen. And um, um, because I know (laughs) there have been editorials actually written suggesting that Pete and Elizabeth and Bloomberg uh, need to all drop out before Tuesday so that that vote can go uh, 
to Biden. The crazy false uh, scenario for them that they don't understand is just, they always take that vote for the moderate Democrats. They clump it together and they say, see, that's more than what Bernie got. But, but all the early primaries that Trump won, he won with pretty much the same percentage that Bernie was winning by in the first three contests. 25, 30, 32, 35. That was, I think, the, the most I saw some of those early ones with with Trump. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> and they said the same thing back then. Oh, look at, look at what Ted Cruz is getting and Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush and John Kasich. If you added them all together, well, you could, and they did make the point at the time, see the majority of Republicans don't want Trump. Only 25, 30% want him. And they tried to con themselves during the early primaries into thinking that, um, yeah, this Trump thing isn't going to happen. He's not going to get the nomination. Look at this. 75% of Republicans don't like him. <laughs> oh, you know what happened there. And the same thing with, with Bernie. I, just, I saw a poll yesterday that they actually asked Buttigieg's supporters who is your number two choice if pete wasn't in the race who's your number two choice guess who was number one on the list of Buttigieg judge voters bernie sanders you know pete um those people had a right to go to their number two choice which you've denied all these early voters the chance to do that so here we are. They're working fast and furious, my friends. I'm telling you, they did. I'm sure they did it all through the night last night. You know, Bloomberg had not bought any advertising time after tomorrow, two days ago. He hadn't bought any. There was all this speculation. Was he driving out? I'm certain that there was a full court press to him. Mike, Mike, please. You're giving the nomination to Bernie Sanders. We are capitalists for Christ's sake. You're letting, you're going to let this guy be the democratic nominee, which then gives him, as we saw in 2016, the chance, you know, once you're the nominee of one of the two parties, you have a pretty decent chance, pretty good shot of ending up in the white house. Is that what we want? Because if we do, if we let Bernie happen, Kiss your pharmaceutical stocks goodbye. That's the end of that. Private health insurance. The health insurance companies will collapse. Not to mention everything else he's going to do to fossil fuel because he's all whipped up about climate change. You know, yes, yes, yes. I, we, you know, we, we so-called Democrats, you know, we, we talk the good line about climate with absolutely no idea. And no, well, there is actually an idea. The idea is don't do what really needs to be done to save the planet because that is going to hurt the bottom line in a massive way. And so that's why, that's why climate didn't come up at the debate last week. It doesn't come up. Um, maybe there's a half a sentence. If you, if you go to a Biden rally or, well, there's not really rallies. I mean, well, he's, he'll probably have rallies now. Uh, even his victory thing there the other night on Saturday night was kind of a sad the way they well, they framed it well though I, I give credit to the camera people 
whatever they were told to do, how to make it look like there were actually people there other than just campaign workers. Um, but, you know, I have to say, you know, Joe, um, that was pretty, um, um, hey, after 32 years, like I said, 32 years of running for president, he won a state. Let's give him that, okay? But um, Mayor Pete, You know, see, this is probably the, this is the part of me that I really, actually, I really, if you knew me personally, I actually, I am one of those people. I, we were at a, a, a debate watch party in um, New Hampshire, uh, watching the uh, debate with, a, with the public, actually. We had a little sports arena, and, um, you know, Michael Moore will be here to host the, <laughs> the debate party, and there are quite a few hundred people there, and... Uh, uh, sitting there watching the debate, and um, I don't know what, what it was. It, it might have been something Elizabeth said or whatever, and I started applauding. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the only person in the in the arena that's applauding. People are looking at me like, why are you applauding her? I said, because what she said just now was good. And I think, you know, Biden said something really good 20 minutes later, and I applauded that. And, you know, I, I mean... Oh, you know, you don't have any real credibility, do you? If you don't, you know, you, you gotta you gotta back up the people that are trying to say the right things, even though they're not your candidate and they don't really share your politics. But I don't know. That's just I'm just saying. If you knew me, you 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 know that um um you know whichever one of my grandmothers said to me, <laughs> if you don't have something nice to say about somebody, don't say anything at all. So I've always, it's always kind of been in my head that even while I'm being critical and I'm really criticizing, you know, the, the politics and the policies of these candidates, not them as human beings. Um, but I also try to find something in their, in their politics that we need to embrace because we're all going to have to come together here uh, in November to remove Trump. We can never lose sight of that mission. So, um, But so I've just, I've been really happy in these last five years to see our uh, uh, gay and lesbian and uh, bisexual and transgender and queer citizens being treated a bit better than they have for most of their lives. Being allowed to legally marry the person that they're in love with. That's a good thing. And to have, a, I would say, you know, a major presidential candidate running this year who is an openly gay man. I mean, this is, this is progress and it must be noted and celebrated. This is a good thing. And sometimes whenever you're the first of something, you know, or you're the token, you're the only one, you know, maybe it's not always the best person. I mean, there's lots of examples of that, uh, um, from Margaret Thatcher to um, Clarence Thomas to whatever. You know, so you you are of a mind that you believe that, um, for instance, there should be African Americans on the Supreme Court. And then when the African American is the enemy of African Americans, um, I mean, declared he's declared throughout his political life that he will vote and has voted consistently against that which would benefit 
people who are the ancestors, or I'm sorry, the descendants, people who are the descendants of slaves. But I, this was a good thing, Pete Buttigieg. And, you know, in the little town where I live in Michigan, uh, uh, Chase and his, his husband uh, is from there. And um, uh, people have been really, really excited the fact that there's a presidential candidate married to somebody from this town of, you know, I don't know, 15,000 year-round year people there up in northern Michigan. Um, so people are like, hey, 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 we could have the, the first husband. It's from here. But I think some of this maybe prevented me and others by from describing Pete Buttigieg in the way that we needed to talk about him. He's a naval intelligence officer. That's what he did. That's what he was. And his job um, when he went to Afghanistan was to um, sit in an office full of computers and use his intelligence, his brilliance, to, um, you know, do psyops work, to interrupt and disrupt the financial system that um, ISIS had um, developed. And I think he also probably did some of that against the um, Taliban and maybe Al-Qaeda, I don't know, whatever, whatever was left there, but... But that's what, he, that's what he did. And then in his civilian life, worked as a, this consultancy firm, which you've read about, uh, which has done a lot, of, a lot of things that aren't very, aren't very good. And um, it got brought up, a, I think, maybe once during the debates, and then it kind of got dropped. But this is an operation that's going on right now in these 36 hours. This is a... Not a naval intelligence operation, but it is an intelligence operation in terms of why did he pull out so soon before the vote? Why is he trashing the hundreds of thousands of votes that have already been cast for him and not allowing now those people to be able to cast their vote so that it can matter? Why? Who have you been talking to, Pete? Who have you been meeting with? Who have your people been meeting with? Which people have they been meeting with? What's been promised? What have you been offered? What are you getting out of this? Because the mission is to stop Bernie. And for some reason, Bloomberg started buying ads on Wednesday and Thursday, this coming Wednesday and Thursday, when he hadn't. It looked like maybe he was going to pull up, but now he's not. No, he's not, which has probably upset a lot of people because they think if Pete's out and Bloomberg's out, that will help Biden and we can stop Bernie. Here's what they don't understand, though, about stopping Bernie. I have traveled around the country with him. There's no stopping Bernie. I've seen it. I've seen the response. I've seen the enthusiasm. I've seen the, oh my God. Um, the only thing that comes close to it is a Trump rally. You know, if you've watched those, and I did, I watched the other one, the one Friday night on TV. I forced myself to, I'm sorry, I know. It's crazy to do. I forced myself to watch it. It was over two hours. It was an unbelievable performance. You can see 
why he's maintained his base, why they love him so much, um, and the enthusiasm for him. Even though he gives the most boring speech and repeats himself three or four times um, and, and just goes wackadoodle out of nowhere, just starts, he invents words that don't exist. He, he conducts polls. He asked the other night, he asked the audience, who should I run against? Uh, let me hear your applause. Like there's an applause meter. How many for Bernie? How many for Biden? How many for, as he said, Pocahontas? This guy doesn't stop. He knows exactly how to do what he's doing. He knows that hate works. This is a sad thing about our species, isn't it? Hate works. Bigotry works. Spewing that. People eating it up. People, did I say people? I meant mostly men, guys. There, there are women there. That 53% of white women that Trump won four years ago, um, I think a lot of them have dropped off, but there's still a goodly number of them there backing, backing Donald Trump. No, but I'm telling you, traveling the country, um, you really, see, this is the thing the pundits don't see. This is the thing that the, that the people who sit around those tables on cable news, um, they are, they are not encountering the people that are living from paycheck to paycheck. They're, they're not, um, oh geez, what was the, the report that came out at the end of the week here? Um, that, um, it's something like at least a third, at least a third of Americans run out of money before they get their next paycheck. I think it was like 32%. 32% of American workers, because of the bills and the debts that they have, run out of money during the paycheck period before they get the next check that they can cash. So what do they do? Let's say it's they're three days away from getting the paycheck. They're five days away from getting the paycheck. And, and this bill has to be paid. This is going to get shut off if this isn't paid. Um, uh, if you miss the, the deadline on your student loan debt, miss it by a day, that's on your permanent record. There goes your credit score. Try to, try to get a car or a house or something after you've done that a few times. What are they doing when they're that three to five days short of the paycheck? Well, they, they try to borrow money from relatives or friends. You know, can you, can you spot me a couple hundred dollars here till Friday? The pundits never see that conversation take place. They never encounter it. Of course, they don't live it themselves. So they don't get Bernie. And they don't get why so many people are behind him. They, they, they keep talking about, you know, how Bernie's almost over or Bernie didn't, doesn't, this group or that group. <laughs> and then they have to show the polls where in some of these states uh, tomorrow, Bernie's ahead of Biden by 20 points. I mean, there, there's a bit of a whooping that's going to happen tomorrow in a number of these states. Bernie's not going to win all the states, by the way. You know, Biden will win. Um, maybe Bloomberg will win something. I mean, we don't know because his name has yet to be on a ballot. So until we have some empirical data, we are just going to have to go with 
I guess the polls that are happening, and the polls don't really show him winning any states. They show Biden possibly winning a couple of states. Maybe it'll be more than that after South Carolina. We don't know. But I'm telling you, the overwhelming support for Bernie Sanders across this country, if you if you separate yourself out from the press pool and, and walk amongst the people, I have to tell you, the people that come up to me in these towns, man, um, sometimes I just want to ask them, can I just turn the voice memo thing on here on my phone? So you record this. No one's going to believe this story you're telling me about what you're having to go through, about what you just had to pay for that medical treatment. Even though you have Obamacare, it doesn't cover everything. You've got these huge deductibles. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, it's, it's, I have to, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not asking for any um, sympathy here. Um, when I tell you that it, it is hard on me personally to hear um, these stories that people tell me about their struggle to get by just to get by from week to week. Seeing that report on some hand, some level doesn't really surprise me that a third of the country can't make it to the next paycheck. And it, and and it wears me, it wears me down. It really, I can't, you know, part of it, I don't know. I've tried to, (laughs) I've tried to self-analyze this. Part of it is that I, you know, but for the grace of God, I'm them. I grew up in a factory family. I only have a high school education. Um, there's nobody anywhere in the family that where there's a safety net <laughs> padded with a whole bunch of cash. Uh, you know, that, that was what we all grew up in. And we, we didn't think badly. I mean, we thought we had a pretty decent life. I mean, first of all, our father was a union member, and so that guaranteed all the free health care and dental care and uh, paid vacations and, um, you know, all kinds of, of things. Um, the UAW even got you a lawyer if you needed one, like for any civil thing. If you wanted to make out a will or you had a civil something you had to go to, you know, civil court for, the, the union would pay for the lawyer. You know, that's that's what I grew up in, so... So it was not it was not a hard life uh, by any means. It was what was called a middle class life. But I also I also knew, and I knew by dropping out after a year, a year plus of college, uh, the risk I was taking in terms of how I would uh, survive. So when I when people stop me on the street or they stop me in the food court or wherever I happen to be, um, just running into the stop and rob to pick up some uh, chapstick out in the weather this time of year, dehydrated. Um, and, then I, and then for the next seven minutes, I, I listened to this story about um, what happened to this individual. how they can't take care of their kids. If you have one thing happen, if you have one bad luck 
thing, whether it's a sick kid, a car accident that you didn't plan on having, um, somebody in the family that has an opioid or alcohol addiction, or things just didn't work out. Your sister's marriage, your that job, that, that little business your brother tried to start up and lost everything. No safety net. Trying to be part of the American dream. It's a rough fucking world out there. And these these bloviators on cable news, these people who write, you know, we need our journalists now more than ever. And so that's why they don't understand Bernie. And people who have made it, people in the, let's say, the upper middle class, or what, what's that term, the, uh, the PMC, the professional managerial class, that's that new uh, for, you know, those of you who did go to college and you've done okay and done well and, and um, you relate to somebody who's running as a college professor or somebody who was a, a Rhodes Scholar or whatever and you know that's that's um you're drawn to that I, I i i get that plus i think it's good to be drawn to smart people and we have some very smart people running on the democratic side this year but um the the level of anger toward bernie sanders wanting to stop him hmm Wow. And something is going on right now. Right while you're listening to me right now. I can tell you as sure as I've been around that block and the one over there and the one down there um, that Mayor Pete as we like to call him right? such a such a cute name um, he's been meeting with people, and um, there's some deals being cut. Because here's what I want to believe about him. He is a good enough and decent human being, and he certainly was at one time. If you read his Profiles in Courage JFK library essay, the big essay contest they have for high school students across the country to write a story, a Profile in Courage story about somebody that you admire, who's a courageous individual, and as an 18-year-old in high school, he wrote his on Bernie Sanders. I've posted it on my social media, if you can find it. Or, um, I'm not going to post it today because he's gone. He's not really gone, though, trust me. He's working it. But what happened to that kid? What happened to that 18-year-old that wins a nationwide contest writing an essay on a guy named Bernie Sanders in the year 2000? At that point, Bernie had been in Congress for maybe uh, yeah, about 10 years. You know, um, my sister was reading Buttigieg's book last year and would read me parts of it uh, over the phone and just say, hey, hey, listen to this. And I was kind of, yeah, yeah, that's pretty, well, that's pretty good. I mean, we know, we know South Bend. The city limits essentially butt up to the state the state line of Michigan. So it's like you walk a few feet over the state line into Indiana and you're in South Bend. So we all, you know, Michiganders, we, we know South Bend. 
and uh, Catholics know South Bend because it's the the home of our national Catholic football team, Notre Dame. Um, I remember they invited me to come there one time and debate a uh, conservative uh, there at Notre Dame, and uh, and the event was actually I had, quite, I had a lot of fun. I loved debating and talking with um, people who I don't agree with uh, because I find. First of all, I find their argument fascinating, and I try to see what they might be right about and what I might be wrong about, and that makes, I think, what I am fighting for and what I make my movies about and what I'm talking to you about stronger because I've put it through, I've put it through the ringer of what the other side might think about this idea. But I can tell you on the campus there, it's a pretty conservative uh, campus. Uh, this is not, you know, there's a lot of great Jesuit schools around the country. Uh, oftentimes they're, they're called the University of, and that's the name of the, the city. Um, so University of Detroit is a Jesuit school. Um, I think uh, USD, University of San Diego, I believe that's a Jesuit school. I'm not going to go down through all the Jesuit schools, but I'm just saying, you know, the Jesuits have always been kind of on the outs when it comes to Catholic Church hierarchy and until we finally have a Jesuit pope and they're all losing it over what he is claiming uh, to do. So, but I'm, I... I have a feeling that our that this former naval intelligence officer um, is applying everything he learned and plugging it right into his high IQ brain, and is um, doing what he can do and do it on his end to stop Bernie Sanders. I heard somebody say yesterday too that why you know Elizabeth Warren sadly is, is just not. You know, she's expected to, she was in the single digits, I think this last one, maybe the one before that. But then a lot of the polls for Super Tuesday tomorrow have her in single digits. Uh, it's it's over. I'm sorry to have to say that. I, uh, some of my best friends uh, support Elizabeth Warren. Um, I have supported her in the past. I have donated uh, to her um, campaign. I have, um, I put her in, uh, I filmed her for two of my movies. Uh, she's in Capitalism, a Love Story, and and um, yeah, I first heard about her, you know, I don't know, fifteen years ago, um, and have always admired her. I said what I had to say last month about uh, what she said, did about Bernie, but uh, you know, I can I can also separate that from knowing all the good things that she stands for, what she believes in, and where her heart is, I'm just stunned that, um, I mean, to, honestly, I thought, honestly, a year ago, I thought she's the one to beat. She could pull this off. So now that it's over, why hasn't she dropped out? Why hasn't she joined Kamala and Corey and Julian and um, Tom Steyer um, and now Buttigieg? Why... Why still be in it? Why risk Bernie losing? I think, again, the polls show that the number two choice of Warren supporters is Bernie Sanders. So why not before tomorrow, just pull a Mayor Pete? 
now that it's allowed, now that you can just trash your your early voter people. I'm being facetious, of course. I don't think she should do that. But I'm I'm I don't know how, how much longer you know anybody that can help Bernie now should help Bernie. That's our hope here to get these things that we need to get done, starting with beating Trump. We will not beat Trump if we if we run a Clinton or anybody like a Clinton. If we run a Dukakis, if we run a Mondale, if we run a Kerry, if we run a Gore, lose, 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 lose. The American people, they, they mock Bernie calling it this because he used the word revolution. That's exactly what people want. That's what they tried to say in 2016 by voting for Trump. That's what they, the Democrats tried to say. They gave Bernie 22 states, the voters, in 2016. What, what? We have 50 states, so 25 is half. 22 for, for a campaign that started out of nowhere, started late, didn't have the money, and then had to fight the DNC and the Clintons for all the um, dirty tricks that were being pulled. And yet he ended up you know, doing as, as well as he did. And then he went out and supported Hillary, as I continue to say every day, 42 rallies for Hillary through October and November, and November the election in 2016. I tell people this one statistic lately, and they can't believe it because they've, they've, there's so much bullshit in the media about Bernie and uh, how you know, he's not going to win. He can't win. He can't win. I, I may have, I may have, I may have shared this with you a few episodes ago. I can't remember, but I just want to say it again because I continue to say it, and I still don't see it being reported in the press. You can, you can look it up. I mean, I read it on Rolling Stone's website. I mean, they they had copy from somewhere else, and they had a, they put a good story up about this. The Democratic candidate that has received the most campaign contributions from our active duty. Uh, uh, military service members, the, the candidate that they've sent the most money to our soldiers, our troops, our air women and airmen and sailors. The number one person is a guy by the name of Bernie Sanders. He's gotten the most contributions from people who mark when you mark, when you, you know, when you make a contribution, even if you're sending that $18 in, you have to say if you're employed and, um, and what you do, and and it's just a fact that he's gotten more contributions from the troops than anybody else. <sighs> Why don't they report that? Seriously. Anyways, we've got a day left here. Um, I want to encourage you again to don't, don't take this lightly. I know you're listening to this. It's it's Monday. You're thinking, what can I do? Tomorrow's Tuesday. Well, you can go, first of all, you can go to the, the website of any candidate that you support. Um, I support Bernie, obviously, but you may not. Go to the, just type in, just Google it. On that site, you can sign up to do campaign work. 
you don't have to leave your house. There's things you can do from home that you can sign up. You can do, you can do phone work. You can call people in other states and remind them to vote tomorrow. You can use your social media. All of you have an address book on your phone. You could, you could start sending texts right now to people that live or are voting in these 16 states or, or um, in um, Samoa or the Democrats abroad. You can do that. You should do that. Don't wait. This is going to be over. This could be over tomorrow. Think about that. This could be over tomorrow. And on Wednesday, I don't want to hear you. Oh, I, should, I wish I wish I'd done. I should have. I know I really like, I like Bernie, what he was saying. Or, you know, Elizabeth, I just, I've just loved her. The whole thing she's been so. Yeah, what would you do? What did you do? You can still do something. You've got 24 hours plus right now. Go online. Figure it out. You have relatives. You know somebody that lives in one of those 16 states from California to Texas to Massachusetts to Virginia, North Carolina, Minnesota, Colorado. Come on, you know who's in Colorado. Every, we all know somebody. Just a little, hey, hi, it's been a while. Hey, I've been supporting Bernie. You know, if you, if you, can, if you can do it, if you can think about it, go vote tomorrow. You know, we need, we, we need real universal health care in this country. We need to close this wage gap. Seven twenty-five an hour is immoral. Nobody should have to suffer like this. And can we finally get to a point where we put it in our constitution that women have equal rights, they are equal to men? Can we just write that down? How hard is that? Every other civilized country has that written down except us. I say civilized and with, somewhat with quote marks, but you know what I'm talking about. So, um, so do that. Text, email, make a phone call or two. Go to the website, see if there's something you can do there. If you live in those states, take the day off. Take the day off tomorrow. Offer to give people rides to the polls. If nobody's doing it in your town or in your neighborhood or whatever, appoint yourself you know, a precinct captain and do do nothing but but knock on doors and get people. Come on, I'll give you a ride. I was talking to somebody who did was doing some door knocking in Massachusetts here this weekend, and um, and he said that um, when he looked at this tally by the end of the um, the door to door, there were there were seventeen people who were either undecideds or were thinking probably of not voting. And he had just a wonderful conversation with them, each of them. And, and by the time he was done um, yesterday afternoon, uh, he had 17 people who weren't going to vote for Bernie, voting for Bernie. That's all it takes. It's 17 people here. It's, it's eight people there. It's your nieces and nephews. Remember 17-year-olds. In most states, you have a right to vote tomorrow if you're 18 on or before election day, you know, 
I'm doing this. I'm doing these little podcasts here in these four days leading up to Super Tuesday because I know how important tomorrow is. Pete Buttigieg knows how important tomorrow is. That's why he pulled. That's why I pulled this fast one on all the people that supported him. Oh my God, I know some of these people. I haven't talked to them since. I mean, it just it just happened a few hours ago, but I know their hearts are broken. I know, especially some of my gay friends are just. Um, we're so uh, thrilled to to have him on that stage. Sense of empowerment that that gave people. And then just to kind of piss it away, you couldn't you couldn't wait till tomorrow night. No, not if you're supreme capitalist and you need to stop the so-called socialist by the way democratic socialist is the term with emphasis on democratic (laughs) although cbs over the weekend had a poll they released a poll they asked americans um what do you have a more positive view of capitalism or socialism and they did this in texas and in california and in both both states people had a more positive view of what they called socialism than capitalism. And Bernie is not a socialist in the traditional sense of how that word has been defined over the years. So I, I thought, geez, what if they'd asked the right question? Uh, capitalism versus democratic socialism. The positive view toward socialism was in the uh, mid to high 50s, 57%. And they had 37% say would have a negative view of uh, capitalism. But even that word isn't right, capitalism. Because of the early founders of, of capitalism, um, the people that wrote about it, um, tried to set up these principles of capitalism. Go back and read some of the early papers on this a few hundred years ago. They, they understood that if capitalism did not take care of people, who fell between the cracks in the society that their little kingdom of money would collapse. The barbarians would sooner or later be at the gate. So these terms are just all bullshit, but, um, but I need you to know that the reason why there's so much tension right now, there's so much effort to stop Bernie tomorrow. And this is, this is a huge curveball with Mayor Pete and whatever deal he's cutting. I'm, I'm my, if he won't apologize, I'll apologize. I feel bad for all, all of you Buttigieg supporters who've already voted in early voting. Um, and for those who haven't voted and are going to vote tomorrow, I feel bad for you too, because I know how much you believed in him and I know how many good things he said and what he was going to do and what he stood for. And you were right to believe in all, all those things. And you were right to back somebody who, who six, seven, ten years ago um, would not be allowed to stand on that stage because of the hatred and the bigotry. So this was a sign that we were moving forward. What happened last night is a move backward um, because whatever his principles are are not the first concern here. Unless his main principle is capitalism and we must stop Bernie Sanders. Well, then that's his right. Good on him for doing that. 
Get get out there and crush Bernie. Do your give it your best shot, Pete. But look, folks, uh, we can do this. I believe very strongly in this. I be, I have. Oh man, I read the fan mail. I talk to people. I see it. I hear it. And um, I know why Bernie's so far ahead in these polls. I know why he won three of the first four states. Um, they're not doing it because they've studied democratic socialism, people out there. They're doing it because they see he's a fighter and he's going to fight for them and he's going to fight to make sure that they're not not in debt for the next 30 years because they want to go to college. He's going to try to fight and stop this climate crisis we're in. He's going to fight these things. That's what we need. And we need somebody who's going to take down Donald Trump. So, a lot going on. I have to tell you, I could, I, between all this and the coronavirus stuff and... Uh, Oh, the mistake of watching that two-hour-plus Trump rally the other night. its My head's been spinning this weekend. I had to actually go. I thought what would help is if I went and saw that new horror movie with Elizabeth Moss, The Invisible Man. Uh, I, 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 I'm not, I don't go to horror movies much anymore, but I thought I need to see something worse than what we're living through right now. <laughs> Between Trump and the virus, the virus that is Trump, um, and all this craziness and weirdness that's happening in these in these final hours before Super Tuesday, I just thought I I would go and and have the bejesus scared out of me. And boy, did I! I was, this is a one scary film. Uh, I don't know how I'm gonna uh, sleep here. I'm gonna I am gonna go to sleep after I'm done talking to you. But I'm uh, um, we're living in a dark and uh, dangerous time, and I. I have this silly notion that love uh, can conquer hate. I truly believe that. And I admire all of you who try to believe that too. I, I admire all of you who have gotten involved in this election and done your bit to have your voice heard. For those of you who've already voted, for those of you who are voting tomorrow, for those of you who are voting in Michigan and the state of Washington, and Mississippi next Tuesday. And the Tuesday after that, Florida, Illinois, Ohio, Arizona. All of you, all of you who are acting on uh, this wonderful right you have as a citizen in a democracy to have your voice heard. With millions of you doing that, none of us should ever feel alone. We are part of, of something huge here. Thanks for tuning into this special uh, part three edition of my Super Tuesday podcasts uh, here on Rumble. Um, uh, think we've uh, we've got, by the way we've got our five millionth listener. The five millionth download took place um, actually late. Uh, I think it was late Saturday night. Um, so we're just uh, uh, setting things up, and uh, we'll announce her to you in the next day or so and uh she'll be a guest on rumble in the next couple of weeks so thank you uh for everybody who participated in our little fun contest of trying to be the five millionth 
listener, downloader of Rumble. It's very cool. You've kept us on the on the on the podcast charts. We've been in the top podcasts uh, on the on their charts. You know they have charts just like record albums and movie uh, box office. <laughs> There's all box office here because this is all free. But uh, this has gotten a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. I did not expect um, this response, but I'm grateful and um, and to be on the on that chart on that podcast chart. Every single day since our very first day when we started this back around the holidays. Um, wow. Didn't didn't expect it this quick and uh, very grateful for it. Um, don't give up hope here. Please know that uh, you and I and millions of others um, are going to bring Trump down and remove him from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And hopefully we can replace him with the person that has a vision of our country that is the polar opposite of his. I want that. I want that. I want that. And I want that in my lifetime. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to hit the sack. Thank you for listening uh, to Rumble with Michael Moore. Um, the implication there is that I am Michael Moore, and that would be true. So um, apologies to those who early voted <laughs> for Pete. Uh, maybe do something tomorrow get people out to the polls. Thanks, everybody. And our, our part four, our last uh, Super Tuesday one, I'll have that available um, uh, early tomorrow morning, maybe even um, very late tonight, uh, possibly. Uh, so thank you and all my best to you and, to, and your loved ones. Don't forget to wash your hands. Elbow bumps only. Thank you.